0: Of um, parts from scripture. The first is one verse, we'll have heard it already uh, these last few weeks, but it's from Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. Uh, and it comes in the context of prophecy being fulfilled. Um, verse Matthew 1 23 on the screen. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God. With us, and uh, I was going to read the whole of uh, chapter eight of Romans, but um, just this is for Lewis. If we could pick up at verse eighteen, uh, please, um, just for reasons of time. But chapter eight is a little bit like a, a wonderful journey that that Paul has been on in Romans, and it's it's the whole of Romans is amazing. It's complicated, challenging, uh, thought thought stretching. But it's a little bit like he's he's got to this summit in chapter eighteen, and he's he's standing. In the light of all that God has done through Jesus Christ, in the scope and the fulfillment uh, and, and of all the way the, the Old Testament has threaded itself and brought to completion in Jesus Christ. He kind of surveys the scene and he, he describes a kind of so what for us as believers. This is what it means. It's one of the most amazing chapters, I think, in, in the whole of scripture. So verse 18 uh, of chapter 8 of Romans. Thank you, Lewis, for into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the uh, pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. Not only so, but we we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies, for in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they have already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it's written, for your sake we face death all day long. We're considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced... That neither death, nor life, neither angels or demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Lord, in in the outwork of that wonderful name you were given, God with us, Emmanuel. Let that clarity and and reality be renewed in us. At the end of this year and on the horizon of the next, As we pray and have heard from Hazel and and David, thank you for them, as examples of encouragement, not to be copied, but to inspire us as as we continue to step out in faith, in hope, and in love. How can we continue to grow and serve see the fulfillment of that you began, even this morning, and in the coming days, let us be especially attentive to your spirit. Amen. An old pioneer was traveling uh, westwards uh, across the Great Plains in the United States of America, and he came to an abrupt halt. It's one of those strange places in the world where uh, normally if there's a great vision of something dramatic in the natural world, you can see it from a distance, a big mountain range or the cliffs or a coastal view or a forest. You can see it coming. Uh, When I I, I visited the the Grand Canyon uh, a long time ago when I was studying in the States, you kind of drive up and there's a few bushes And all of a sudden, you burst through the bushes and there's this enormous canyon. The the old pioneer kind of gawked, gobsmacked, as many people still do at the site before him. A vast canyon, a mile deep, 18 miles across and more than 100 miles long. He gasped, something must have happened here. in many ways if someone came as an outsider and looked at our world particularly the western world at christmas time and saw the lights and the decorations and the trees and the parades and the festivities and the songs and the services they may echo that pioneer who said something must have happened here indeed something did happen god is with us he came at christmas a long time ago, there was a song uh, produced, uh, written, sung by a lady called Joan Osborne. The title of the song was, What If God Was One of Us? One of us. It's a provocative song, an interesting song, and, and captured a, a kind of reminder that, that there is still that questioning, there's still that yearning, still that wondering. If only he would draw close. And our Christmas message said, he has. God is with us at the, the the beating heart the foundation of our season at the moment is of that truth Imagine Jesus is with us it is his name that the Christmas event that we're still in is a person and his name is Jesus the Savior God with us anything less is less but often, uh, I, I don't know how your Christmas has been, it it can be turned into almost anything, but God is with us. Uh, we, we just uh, have to kind of look back a couple of days uh, of the festivities, the celebrations, of all the things we have enjoyed, and wonder again, was the main thing kept the main thing? Was Jesus sent to stage to make sure that he doesn't share the limelight with the lesser and the less important. I'm not being critical or judgmental. Please don't hear that. But as, as we begin and look forward into 2020, I hope this little phrase sticks with you, God with us. The most important thing you can know about how God is in relation to me, to you, and to others, but it is often the least believed and the least accepted thing about God. God is with us in Jesus Christ. Uh, Phil has, has just finished his 51st or so uh, Alpha course. I know you've missed a couple with sabbatical along the way, but 51 Alpha courses uh, run uh, sequentially here, uh, over the last 20-something years. Brilliant. And one of the things Phil has noticed, we, we reflect on, on each course from time to time, that, that Phil describes that, that people are finding it more and more difficult not to believe in God, but to believe in God with us in Jesus Christ. That Jesus is kind of an anathema He is a bit perplexing that God is a sort of understanding of something more than the physical, yes. And maybe something to believe and put our hope in, yes. But Jesus is the stumbling block. That he has come. That he is with us. And is our saviour, the need to be saved. God is with us. Why, why is this important? Well, we shy away from God so often because guilt plagues humanity and has done so since the very, very beginning. We, we reenacted this two weeks ago with, uh, was it last? No, last week, gosh, uh, the children's nativity here. The story told again of, of how separation happened from God, Genesis chapter 3. And we we misread God's presence when he draws close again and again. Our reaction so often is one of fear and of judgment, of wanting to take a step back and thinking God has come to treat us harshly. And we set up religion and actions to try and appease that guilt, whether it's saints and sacraments, all put between us and God to be mediators. The nature sometimes of these mediators is they, they make us think we are distant. There are others who are better than us. And that distance is the death blow. And yet God, through Jesus, opens the way. God with us. We find it hard to accept that God is with us because we are internally conflicted and hardly for ourselves some days. Adam's expulsion from the garden was the beginning of our, of our estrangement with God. We, we don't feel right and therefore we misinterpret God's action towards us. As that of a, a distant or angry God who is partly the reason that he came up close and personal. That Christmas this season is so so important Christmas changes everything forever God has declared in Christ that he is with us he is for us not away from or against us this is good news we uh we're hearing from Ivan Hazel See, that's a title we should all carry. It, it's the word evangelist. As, as Hermie prayed, she, she transliterated it for us without drawing attention to it. Evangelist means evangel, it's the, evangel, um, the good news is the, the evangelion of God. It's recognizing the good news and becoming sharers of that truth. That God is with us. He has come. His love is larger than our sin or our fears or our guilt. His love eclipses all of them and blots them out. His answer is that he is for you and with us and near us and loving for us. Here writ large in the story of Christmas, as the announcement to Mary came, he is Emmanuel. And it's nowhere better summed up than in the majestic words that we heard in Paul if God is for us, who can be against us? With someone like being God for you, there, are no, there is no other circumstance or power that matches up. Do you know that? Entering in a new year with all that that might mean, all that it could come to mean, a new decade, with good news or difficult circumstances, God is with us. If God is with us, who can be Against us. With someone like God being for you, there is no other circumstance or power that matches up. God's for if I can pray see it like that, overcomes any againstness. Let that seep in. If God didn't spare the gift of his son and there's nothing else that can better that, Everything else is ours as well. He won't withhold anything when He has already given the very best Himself. The God has has given us right standing. There is no fear. Uh, Christ died and was raised for us. There's nothing else we can add to that. He has done it, He has given us right standing. There's nothing more that we can do or, or undo his grace towards us. God is with us. Now that's not an, a, a, an excuse for lazy living. It's actually a, the motivation and cause for praise and gratefulness and right living as a response. And not heeding the words of Satan the accuser whose strategy is to undermine and mock and ridicule and disempower God's people. Paul phrases it again. Who can accuse us of condemn us? Paul uh, states, Can troubles separate us from God's love? It's, of course, a rhetorical question, but it asks for that response. As nothing can separate us. On the contrary, despite all these things, overwhelming victory through Christ is ours who loved us. God is. With us, As Paul wraps up this most marvellous chapter, he finishes by saying that nothing can separate us from God's love. And he names all the big ones. Death and life and angels and powers and demons, you name it. It isn't sufficient to separate us. Don't read uh, troubles as a sign of disfavour or rejection or God has drawn away. He's with us. Jesus Christ. Fear, anxiety, worry prevents us, clouds us from seeing the greatness of the gospel. Faith opens. On this ending of a year, on this last gathering of God's people here together before the new year. I pray, Lord, open our eyes afresh. We may begin to see and grasp anew and give testimony to this in a variety of ways. God is with us. Let's pray.